Yeah, so we are concluding the, it's the third part of our home theme um, this morning. Hope you've enjoyed it. Um, this, this theme we have taken from a kind of welcome course that we've been doing, uh, or that we did uh, a few months before Christmas. Uh, and that, that course was really for anyone that was new to the church um, to hopefully help them make the Bridge Church their home if that's what they wanted to do. Um, so we talked about a few different things in that, who we are, what we believe, uh, and what it is to call the Bridge Church their home. So we wanted to share that with the whole church. You know, for some of you, you might have heard parts of this before, and it's a good reminder for you. It's always good to hear these, these things again um, and be reminded of them. For some, um, you may be new to church and didn't make the welcome course as well, so you're able to get it as part of the Sunday. So I do encourage you to, to catch up on the ones that you've missed. Uh, as well as part of this welcome course, we created a booklet um, that kind of runs alongside that, that ho- hopefully has all the information in that people need to know uh, about us. So we wanted you to all have that as well. Um, so we've emailed out a digital copy of that to everyone, so you'll receive that this afternoon if you are on Church Street and if you are signed up to receive emails, which I'll get onto that later on in my ministry if you're not and you want to be. But anyway, it's, it's great to, to share this theme and hopefully you've, you get something from it and you're able to, to get a good reminder for those that have been here a bit longer as well. Now, before I worked here at church, I worked in a high school in Bolton. And one of the things that we did in this high school was we took a group of students to another um, high school that had a kind of horticulture department uh, and, and we took these students there to learn how to be good gardeners and how to look after plants and things like that. Uh, as Cookie mentioned a couple of weeks ago, he's not very green-fingered. I'm very, very, very much in the same boat. Uh, so we would take these students to this other school to, to learn. Uh, there'd be a teacher there that would teach them how to look after plants and all the different kinds of plants and what you need to do and, and how you, you look after them in all these different ways. I, I was, saw my role very much as kind of super supervising and the children watching. Um, it was their learning time, so I made sure they got their hands dirty. Um, and I kind of stood at the side with my cup of tea, making sure that they, they were doing as they're told. Uh, but as we, we kind of went back week after week after week to learn about plants and learn about all these different things, it seemed, and um, it came very, very quickly apparent to me that probably 90% of our time seemed like we were doing the same thing. And that was weeding. We'd, we'd, the students had, had take the weeds out, they'd be shown how to take a weed out properly uh, and they'd go around all the different beds and all the different places where it had all these different plants uh, and try and get all the different weeds out and then we'd return the following week and it was as though the weeds had doubled. Obviously living in Bolton it had rained, um, there'd maybe been one day of sunshine as well and you'd come back and you think, I'm sure I took that weed out last week and it was there again uh, and it just seemed that there was this never ending cycle of you take all the weeds out and then you come back next week and they'd just all be there again as though nothing had happened the week before. Obviously the reason for this is that not all these students were very good at weeding and were taking them out properly. That They might have been pulling the leaves off the top or taking different parts out but not getting the full plant out and uprooting the whole thing. That showed to me a great example that when something is planted that it will grow it will flourish. If you don't take it out properly, if there's still a part of it there, if it's still stuck in that soil, it's still planted and it will still grow whether you want it to or not. Whether you want it to be removed or not, if you've not taken it out properly, if something is planted in the right environment, it will grow. And we'll be looking at these verses, a part of this theme now uh, in Psalms uh, chapter 92, verses 12 to 15. And they say, the righteous will flourish like a palm tree. They will grow like a seed of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of God. 
They will still bear fruit in old age. They will stay fresh and green, proclaiming the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no wickedness in him. Now these are some, some great verses for us to, to read and then be encouraged by, knowing that being planted in God's house, we will grow. Now this psalm, Psalm 92, is titled, A Song for the Sabbath Day. We can, we can read these verses and think, you know, this might be talking about something else. This might be talking about or something slightly different. But it's titled, A Song for the Sabbath Day. Now in society these days, our Sabbath, the Sunday, um, is very different to what it used to look like um, in our society. There'd be time... Um, Maybe decades or times ago when people wouldn't, shops wouldn't be open on Sundays, people wouldn't play sports on Sundays, all different things like that. But when this psalm was written, it was very much the Sabbath day was a time for, for two things. It was a time for rest and it was a time for corporate worship. It was a time for coming together as followers of God, coming together as God's people to worship him. There's no reason why that should be any different for us today. Talking about coming together in God's house to be with God's people, being planted in that place, then you will flourish. You will flourish. There's no other place like church on earth, is there? That we can be part of lots of different organisations, we can be part of lots of different clubs. Some of us might feel like we're planted in a, in a certain club or with a certain community or a group of people, but it's talking about being planted in God's house. There's something different about being planted in God's house and God's church. We are here to be spirit-led, we're here to be led by God, by his word. That we're not, we're not drawn here together because of tradition. We're not drawn here together because we've all got the same interests or we've all got the same hobby or we're all from the same place or from the same background. We're not drawn here because of something like that or different, but we're drawn here together to worship our God. We're drawn here together to want honour and worship him, to be spirit-led people. And to that, what makes us flourish. We might think I can be a part of a different group, or I can be a part of a different community, or go to a different place, but actually no, it's about being in God's house is what is going to cause you to flourish. It's not tradition, this is God's design, that all through God's word, God's people met. They came to the temple or the synagogue or these different places to come together for worship and to corporate worship for God in that way. It's not tradition, we don't do it because it's what we've always done on a Sunday. We're here because this is God's design and where God wants us to be, how God wants us to flourish in our world. I've got three things that I'm going to talk about this morning about being planted in God's house and then some practical things at the end that can help us do that in regards to us, us here at the Bridge Church as well. The first thing is that we are planted to bear fruit, to be planted to bear fruit. Now a tree, obviously the, those that you know about how trees grow and how plants grow, that they, there's so many things that they take in. They take in the water from the soil and all the nutrients, that, but that isn't the purpose of a tree or a plant. It's, not, its purpose isn't to take in water and to take in nutrients. Its purpose is to produce fruit. That taking in the water, that taking in all those nutrients from the soil is part of the process, but is not the end goal. It's not the end um, aim or purpose of that plant. 
So often we can kind of come to church and we can think, yeah, I'm here to get filled myself. I'm here to, to be full up and to get what I need for my life. That isn't the purpose of you being planted in God's house. That is part of the process. It's really important we understand that, that you're not here as church just to get full and go, oh, I feel a lot better now about that. I feel better about myself. That I'm, I feel full. I've got what I need from church this morning. I can go home and I can enjoy the rest of my week. That that is part of a process. Actually, you've been filled, not just so you can be full, but you are filled so that you can then produce fruit for our world. You can then produce fruit for the other people in our world in that way. And there's so many different ways that we that kind of interacts us with it when it comes to our, our choices and how we feel about church. You might come and you might listen to a preach and think, oh, I didn't really get much from that preach this morning, or, or I didn't get from that, or uh, we send our children to different activities, or all different things in church life. We might come and we might comment and think, oh, that was good for me, or that was bad for me, or I got something from that, or I didn't get something from that. But actually, we're not just filled to, to be full up, we're actually filled to produce fruit. I think one of the most important areas for us in this is when it comes to worship. Uh, with, within our society and with uh, our world, that we, we listen to secular, secular music. And the, the main question that people ask when they hear a song or they hear something on the radio is, do you like that song? Is it your taste? Is it to your style? Do you enjoy the lyrics? Do you kind of connect with that song? Uh, and it's all about whether you like it or not. In the past, you would have had a choice whether you buy the record, you buy the CD, you buy the tape, whatever it was for different generations, or, or you don't, if you, if you like that song or not. And now it's streaming and you can choose exactly which songs you want to listen to at what times. But sometimes we can bring the attitude into church and when it comes to our time of, of music worship together, we can, we can leave that time thinking, oh, it's not my style, I didn't enjoy that worship, or it's not my favourite songs, I didn't get much from that. But if that's our attitude, we've completely missed the point of worship. We're here to worship our God. We're here to honour God. We're here to lift him up. It's not a time for us to to get something from it. That's not the be all and end all of worship. It's about us honouring and worshipping our God and putting him first. Putting him in his rightful place for us as church family. Yes, at times God speaks to us through worship. Yes, God times blesses us in those times. But ultimately the purposes of it is not for us to get something from it and for us to decide I didn't get anything from worship this morning. It's about us lifting God up. It's about us honouring and worship him. Style actually means very little in it. You are planted to you aren't planted to say you are planted to produce fruit, being a part of that process. We know when a tree bears fruit, a tree doesn't eat its own fruit, does it? A tree bears fruit for the people around it, for others to enjoy in that way. Understand there's been a light on a hill transforming our communities one person at a time. Our purpose for coming together is not just so we can get full and be happy and enjoy our time here, but we've got a purpose, we've got a call to action. It's about leaving church on a Sunday morning, not feeling, yeah, I've got what I need for the week. But actually, we leave church on a Sunday with a call to action, with a mission, with a purpose for our week. And for all of us, we recognise that fruit is seasonal, isn't it? At different times of the year, fruit looks very different. For some of us, we might be newer to our faith. Some of us, we might have been um, in our relationship with with God for a lot longer. And and fruit is going to look different to, to all of us in different ways. But it's still understanding that you are here to produce fruit. Your fruit might look a bit different to somebody else's. You might be going through difficult seasons in your life in that way. But there's still your purpose is to produce fruit. The second thing is to be planted to build. Be planted to build. Verse 12 in that passage I read says they will grow like a cedar of Lebanon. 
Now, I don't know how much you know about the cedars of Lebanon. Um, trees mainly found in Lebanon, uh, if you hadn't guessed. Uh, but these, these trees, the cedars of Lebanon, are known for a few different things. They're known for their resilience and strength. In 1 Kings 5, they're mentioned in other parts of the Bible as well. But in 1 Kings 5, it talks about how they used cedars of Lebanon to literally build God's temple. They used these trees, the cedars of Lebanon, to build God's temple, being known for their resilience and their strength. As we are planted in God's house, your purpose is to build God's house, to be like a cedar of Lebanon. And we know a tree can be in a certain place, but if it's, if it's not planted, it's just going to rot and wither away. It's not going to grow to any place of strength. It's not going to grow in that way. But being planted in God's house, God wants, to you grow, God wants to grow you like a cedar of Lebanon. To be someone as a pillar of strength in his house. Someone he uses to literally build his house, to build his kingdom in that way. I believe using that, that passage in that verse that it would have made people think actually yeah these, these were literally used to build God's house for people to recognize that in this way the thing is when we know the, the phrase it's like watching paint dry um, I think that the, the same phrase could be used it's like watching a tree grow that you never actually see the difference do you it's a long process that you can't see it physically changing you can't see it in front of your eyes but you know over a long process it's happening isn't it uh, and we don't often see trees growing we don't see them we don't see it from one day it, it, it's gone we come back the next day and we think oh yeah I can tell it's, it's got bigger now I can tell the fruit has, has got bigger as well it's, it's that long process isn't it and for us I think understanding that there's so many people in our church that are cedars of Lebanon that over years and years and years and decades and decades that you have sown into God's house been planted in God's house and actually God is using you as pillars of strength in our church There'll be so many people in here that you'll, you'll know that and recognise. I want to honour those people today, understanding that you are cedars of Lebanon in the church. People have served for decades and decades into God's house. People have given financially, given their tithes, given in offerings over years and years, literally building God's house in that way. Those that invest quietly and consistently, that people don't often see the big dramatic things people don't see or they get the recognition maybe that they deserve but those people are consistently going about that day being planted in God's house step by step building God's kingdom building God's house in that way I want to challenge us all to kind of have that aspiration for each and every one of us that you could be called a cedar of Lebanon for God's house that you'll be someone that is planted in God's house over a long period of time that actually God is able to build something on you because of your consistency because of your strength because of what God is doing in and through your life God needs people to be cedars of Lebanon in his church people of resilience and strength that are literally going to build his house and build his kingdom the third thing, so we're planted to bear fruit, we are planted to build. The third thing is to be planted for future generations. Now we know that we're all on different parts of our journey. Some of us have been um, followers of God for many years. Some of us may be new to, to following God even this year or very recently. We're all on different parts of our journey in that way, like we're all on different parts of our journey uh, in life. But one thing we've got to understand is that a fruit, every piece of fruit inside it holds another seed. 
each piece of fruit holds another seed. And that for every single one of us, we are part of that cycle of that journey of generation after generation. That what God has planted in us, as we are planted in that and produce that fruit, that fruit then holds the seed for the next generation. That what God is doing now, we can only see a part of what God is doing now. But for so often, there's, there's things that we do in our world, ways that we serve or, or different people we speak to. doesn't just impact one person, it can impact the generations to come as well. One of the encouraging things when we used to take the shine bus up onto the estate, we'd, we'd hear of people that would come to the shine bus and then years later their children would then be a part of the shine bus or them children would then be coming to different events or we'd see them in schools and things like that and it was so encouraging to hear the stories knowing that what was planted maybe 20 years ago that actually God is still seeing and we're still seeing the fruit of that now because within that fruit there's a seed planted for future generations. Never underestimate what you're doing, never underestimate the time that you're sowing because what you see the fruit is not just now it's not just right in front of your eyes but it's coming for generations as well I think that changes our mindset as well when we think about what we're doing and how we interact with people in our world as well that it's not just one conversation it's not just one thing that you might think I don't know where that's landed on if that's been good or bad if it's been helpful or not but recognizing that what we are doing as people are planted in God's house it's not just here and now but it's about the generations to come as well the other side of that is if what happens if we're not planted in God's house? If we don't stay planted in God's house, what then happens for future generations? There's no seed then to be passed on. If there's no fruit to bear, then there's no seed to be passed on for our future generations as well. Learning biology of all the different ways that kind of seeds are, uh, are kind of passed on. I can't think of the right term, but, but the, the one that always brings to mind is when a bird, a bird eats some fruit and it eats it all in the seeds and then it flies off somewhere and then through the digestive process, um, a, few, a few days later, then the seed gets dropped somewhere else and gets planted in that way as well. Just to put that picture in all your minds while you're heading off for your, your Sunday dinner. But, but in that way that God has so many different ways of us um, being planted in his house, actually his work coming to pass. That's not what I'm getting at. It's not a tick list for us all to kind of follow. But these are just some practical ways to help us hopefully think. Think about actually am I able to get a bit more planted in God's house? Are these some ways that are going to help me to bear fruit? Help me to build God's house. Help me to impact future generations in that way way. So just a, as a reminder for us um, and maybe some new things to encourage us to be a part of as well. Um, there's going to be a QR code come up on the screens um, so you can scan this while I'm talking. Uh, this QR code will take you to a link for all different things. So things that you can, all different sign up links, social media, um, different ways to get connected. Uh, so that is, you can scan that while I'm talking and hopefully all the links that you will need are on there. If you like paper then visit the link afterwards for any forms that you might need for the things that I'm going to talk about. Um, it works good. Um, the, the first thing um, for us, and I think is really important as we're talking about being planted in God's house and making the Bridge Church your home, um, is buying into our vision, buying into the vision of the church. As Cookie talked about a couple of weeks ago, we are a light on a hill, transforming our communities one person at a time. Choosing to align with that vision, if you're calling the Bridge Church your home. 
It's not about do as we say, do everything that we, you are told to do, but actually having the heart to, to fulfill that vision in the best way that you can. I love the, the analogy of a shopping trolley. Um, shopping trolleys don't do what you want them to at the best of times. But if you, if you imagine a, the church as a shop, don't do what you want them to at the best of times. But if you, if you imagine a, the church as a shopping trolley, if everyone's got their own ideas about where this shopping trolley should go. Um, if, if it was me and my wife, Natalie, she'd be pulling it towards the cheese aisle. I'd be probably more to go to the desserts. Um, but the, the, if everyone had their own preferences, their own ideas of, yeah, I want the shopping trolley to go over here. It should be going in this direction. Other people go, no, 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 the shopping trolley needs to go this way. We need to go and get some bread. Then the shopping trolley is never going to move anywhere. It's going to be stationary. But if each person has the heart of saying, no, no, I want to push this shopping trolley as forward in the best way that I can. It's, uh, whichever direction it's pointing saying yeah I'm going to get behind this I'm going to push this shopping trolley to the best that I can then we're going to that's when we're going to have the most momentum that's we're going to have the most impact in what God is calling us to do sometimes we need to put our personal preferences to one side and say actually if this is the way we're going this is what I'm going to get behind not having that heart of going well only if it's done my way then that's only that's only when I'm going to get involved only if it's my choice then I'm going to get behind it Aligning with the vision, doing all you can to get on board and say, yeah, I want to push this forward as much as we can. Uh, The next thing is life groups. Um, Hebrews chapter 10 verses 24 and 25 says, Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. That verse is a great encouragement to meet together, to build those relationships with one another. Now, whatever numerical size any of our church locations have, we always recognise the importance of having authentic um, relationships with one another. Having those relationships with people when you can rely on each other, you can properly get to know people, where you can sit down when you're going through hard times, they'll be the first people that you'll call on, the people that you'll put around around you when you're going through tough times. Those will celebrate with you through the good times as well. Having those authentic relationships with each other. That is consistent for all of us. And the way that we want to do that and make sure each person has the opportunity for that is through life groups. Now, you might be sat here this morning thinking, well, actually, I've got those relationships and I'm not in a life group. I don't need to be in a life group to have those authentic relationships, to have those people around me that I know I can call on. But I want to ask you the question this morning, then, does someone else need you to be in a life group? Does someone else need you to be a part of a life group that you can be that encouragement, you can be that strength for the people around you? You might have been sat here hearing us talk about life groups for the past few years thinking, yeah, I don't need to be in a life group. I want to ask you that question. Does someone else need you to be in a life group, to be there for them as well? Life groups is one of the links on there that you can sign up for. Again, go to the link afterwards. If the band want to come back up now, that'd be great. Thank you. Uh, The next thing is serving. Um, Pretty much nothing happens in this church without people serving and making that happen. For us to uh, achieve our vision of being a light on a hill, transforming our communities one person at a time, it's all about us serving God's house, serving God in so many different ways. You know, we have so many different opportunities on pretty much every day of the week. Um, Mondays through to Fridays, all different things that people can be a part of. Um, On Sundays, obviously, there's so many different um, ways and teams that serve on a Sunday morning um, to make 
our Sunday services happen uh, as well. But we'd really want to encourage you uh, in whatever way you can to, to be someone that serves um, on one of our teams in different ways. That It is great to serve God in that way. It's also a blessing um, for people as well in that. And as we, as we do that, as we sacrifice and serve of our time and our energy and our skills, the thing that God has given you to use for his kingdom, uh, we really encourage you, all of you to do that um, if you are not doing already. Uh, the next thing is giving, uh, giving of our finances. Uh, cookies read from this passage before, but a few verses I'm going to read. Uh, Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9 says, Honour the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Matthew 23 verse 23, Jesus speaking to the Pharisees, he says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy and faithfulness. You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. There, Jesus speaking to the Pharisees that they're giving their tenth, they're giving their tithe to God, but they're doing it without justice, mercy and faithfulness. He says, no, no, you've got to, you should be doing both. That You've got to give a tithe, give a tenth of your income to God, but don't do it with a bad heart. Don't do it because you feel like you have to or do it in that way. Give it out of love, out of recognition for God and who he is in that way. And then Luke chapter 21 verses 1 to 4 says, As Jesus looked up, he saw the rich putting their gifts into the temple treasury. He also saw your income. And I think sometimes in that as well, we, people can get, this poor widow has put in more than all the others. All these people gave their gifts out of their wealth, but she, out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. Often at times we can maybe get caught up on how much we give to God. I think actually, well, what I've got to give, it might not really make much of a difference. It might not change anything. It might not do anything, but... What you give in your offering, your, your tithe to God, it's, it's between you and God. It's not really about the, what the money goes towards. It's not really about what the money is spent on. It's between you and God and you honouring God as king of your life. You honouring God as first in your life with the first fruits of your income. And I think sometimes in that as well, we, people can give in different ways, think, oh, I'll give to that, I'll give to certain things and, and decide if it's different appeals or different disasters and things like that we think oh, I'll give I give my tithe to those things but I question whether that actually is a tithe or not if we're giving towards our preferences we're giving towards the things that we choose we want to give to then still that's us kind of spending our money in the way we want to spend it the, the purpose and the heart of a tithe is we say no that's not actually my money that's God's money that the first 10% is is God's it's got nothing to do with where I choose where that goes or what I decide to spend it on it's about giving that into God's house and saying God that's your money first and foremost in my life the best way, the easiest way to do that is standing orders. If you want to set up a standing order, then the standing form, order forms are on the link afterwards as well. If you want to give through Church Street, you can do, but we lose a percentage if you set up standing orders through Church Street as well. I encourage you, if you call the Bridge Church your home, to be giving regularly into God's house. The last thing I want to talk about uh, is Church Suite. As I mentioned at the very start, if you are signed up on Church Suite and ticked yes to receive emails from us, then you will receive the welcome booklet in digital form. Um, but we just want to encourage all of you to be uh, on Church you want to, We can have your details, but tick no to receive them. But then obviously don't come complain when you don't hear about everything uh, in that way as well. 
very, very most you will receive one email a week. We're not going to spam you with loads of different things. Um, usually it's an email one every couple of weeks. Uh, and we try to make it as um, specific as possible for obviously people that have children getting emails about the children's things going on, the young adults, if there's any young adults things, um, etc. like that. So um, please, if, you, if you're not on church or you don't receive emails from us in that way, uh, you want to tick yes to receiving emails from the church. Then just scan that QR code, um, put in there on the contact form, just send us an email with a message saying what you need to do uh, in that way. If you're unsure, just come and speak to me um, afterwards as well. The other things, things like social media, we've also got social media pages on Facebook, Instagram. Services are always on YouTube uh, and, and Spotify and things like that. We just encourage you to connect in those ways as much as you can as well. It's a great tool to invite people to, to share highlights of what is going on at church as well, to, to use those things in the best way that you can as well. If you'd like to stand, church, I'm just going to pray as we close. Yeah, God, I thank you that church is your idea, God, that you call us to come together to, to worship you in this way, Lord. And I pray for each and every one of us that we will have a heart for your house, Lord. We know that the church is your people, that we're not perfect, God, and that we're never going to be perfect in that way, Lord. But recognising that we're here, we want to honour you in the best way that we can, Lord. We want to see your kingdom come in the most effective way possible, Lord. And for each and every one of us, God, um, that you'd quicken us, that you'd show us the ways that we can play our part in that as we as we call this church our home, Lord God, that we recognise that that is a calls for us to have responsibility, Lord. It calls us to pick up what you've given us, God, to, to use what's in our hand, Lord, and to, to further your kingdom in the best way that we can, Lord. We pray that our vision statement to be a light on a hill, transforming our communities one person at a time, will not just be a statement, God. It will not just be a picture, God, but it will be reality for our communities, God. It will be reality for the stories we hear of people in our communities that you have changed the lives of, God, on a daily basis. Amen.